0: You are listening to You've Got 5 Options show, where every week Marta and Anna abandon their five children, two partners and one cat to make a show especially for you.
1: An artist, a challenge, a bullshit, a wisdom and a surprise. Tune in and feel the magic of five. Hello, everyone. This is Marta,
0: and this is Anna, and this is You've Got 5 Options show. And we would like to welcome you to the part two of TEDx Aarhus 2019 Backstage Stories, where we will show you some really great and sometimes funny, sometimes serious footage of interviews that we have made with uh, TEDx organizers and with audience. Yes, the first show was with the speakers mm-hmm.
1: from TEDx Orhu. so you can find that episode at the 5
0: mm-hmm. or at any podcasting um, app. Yes, definitely, and you should listen to it because there was hell of a lot of good stuff there. And if you want the full experience, please watch the whole program all the information are on the five options, five as a number.com. If you are ever confused where to find our uh, audio, our podcast, where are we, what are we doing, how do we look like, what type of hair color we have, just go on. No, not the type of hair color. I am not updating that. But besides that, all other information are always on the fiveoptions.com. So this is where you can find us always and forever. Yes, and today we will show you what how people
1: experienced uh, TEDx Aarhus, how organizers experienced organizing it and making it happen. And we are really hoping that we have succeeded
0: in showing you how fantastic that event was. Because it was fantastic. And to prove it, we also have a very special introduction that was recorded from TEDx Aarhus to this. Special episode. Hello everyone. This is Marta. And this is Anna. And this is You've Got Five Options Show. And we are welcoming you again from TEDx Aarhus 2019 in a different location, guys. Yeah. It's called something like Smellian.
1: We are trying to pronounce the name. Oh, and this music that you guys hear right now that's a music telling us, all of us, the audience of TEDx Orhus two thousand nineteen to move our respectable
0: bottoms back to the... uh, Main Main venue. Main venue. Yes, but in this episode, you will hear all the bits and pieces from our interviews with the audience and you will also listen to the interviews with organizers and you will listen to our own reflections about this experience, because so far is a hell of a lot of of right. Oh my God, Marta, I'm losing my breath. So you will (laughs) still hear something about the artist of the
1: week, something about the challenges, something about the bullshit and the wisdom and some
0: surprises are definitely expected as always. As always, you know what it is, it's you've got five options at TEDxOrfus 2019. Marta, how do you like uh, relieving that fantastic uh, introduction that we have...
1: I can really see the yeah. difference between the first introduction when we were at the beginning and still more serious and yes, then we were more funky.
0: Yeah, because here we actually moved our respectable bottoms couple of times already. We were running with microphone and uh, and with uh, poor last our cameraman. So I guess uh, I guess we were more lively. We got more adrenaline and uh, That was especially for you guys. So now you have a double introduction. And uh, again, without further ado, let's jump into the Artist of the Week.
2: Superman Music brings to you Artist of the Week.
0: Well, uh, again, it's not Dave from Supermoon Music that is bringing you the Artist of the Week. It's us, Uh, but yeah, um, well... We don't have a jingle for every occasion. As simple as that. Marta, so this is uh, our Artist of the Week and I believe this is the only live performer, uh, musical live performer this year on TEDx Orhus, right? Yeah, she was the
1: only one who was singing. There was a couple dancing as well. Mm-hmm. But we can't really, uh, like, make a good audio out of a dance. True. So that True. wouldn't
0: work for us. Or for radio or for our listeners. So we just focus on the singer. Yeah. And she was amazing. Yeah. And you will actually be able to experience a bit of her amazingness because we made an interview with her that you will hear in a second. And afterwards, uh, we will listen to her song that she actually performed live in the venue. Uh, So, guys... Welcome to the artist of the week So fear you had the the only musical performance on a stage today in this case, as I learned and I have to say it was unbelievable. We were sitting just over there and watching you and please tell me and correct me if I'm wrong. was it Ola Um No it's a combination of um, playing some a little
3: synthesizer in the beginning, singing to that, then some a cappella stuff then that turns into a looping machine thing and then in the end, I surprised the audience with a with a little uh, backtrack thing yeah. and then the sing along if they're up for it yeah so yeah. it's a lot of little things in one performance in one song yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: but I have to say that not having a band being alone on the stage you made a fantastic job because you captured the entire attention on you and there was so much focus and your voice is so vibrant uh, and uh, people actually people at the end started to sing with you it was this uh, marta you were singing yeah i was singing definitely and that's what i find as a really
1: beautiful thing because i have been to some concerts uh, in denmark and some of the world class artists have not always been successful in getting the audience to actually yeah. be a part of that kind of performance so congratulations for making it happen here Well, was it, uh, were you a little bit nervous if people will start singing along or not? Um, I've done it before at many shows, many different
3: kinds of shows, like very intimate shows where they almost always sing along because you can literally point out who's not singing along and they feel awkward. Uh, But then also a big one like this where it's like, probably everybody's thinking like, oh, I'm not gonna sing, but that person's gonna sing. And like, it's it. It was a little bit of a slow start, but then in the end, I could hear them, and I took out my earpiece, and I could hear them. So it was really cool. And uh, yeah, it was a risk, but it's a good risk, you know. And they usually do. <laughs>
1: they usually. Do. Okay, so I would like to ask you about the song that you have chosen to sing today. Can you tell us a little bit about that song and why did you choose it?
3: Yeah, uh, it's called Lookalike. Uh, and it's, uh, it's about people that we're closest with and the people that we actually look like the most or sometimes the people that we have a hard time coexisting with, you know, just because of a clinch. So that's what that is about. And then uh, it's from my debut album, You Again, that came out last year. So um, it's kind of in the middle of the album, a little bit of a breather, and the way it's, it's uh, the studio version is a little similar to this, like it's a long time before the beat gets on. So I wanted to try to see if I could capture that in the in the live setting. Uh, so the looping thing is is something I only do live, but it's really fun because it, no performance is the same, and uh, that's why I chose it because it had to be some sort of you know a little more than just me singing along
0: to something. You know, I wanted to surprise the audience. Yeah. Okay. So fear, fear. I shall call you fear, right? Because Perfect. there yeah. is there is a real name behind you, but I think I will just use. So our listeners and viewers can remember it better. Yeah, you good. are not only a singer; you are a songwriter, composer. You do everything by yourself. Is that correct? Yes. Should I hold, or are you holding, okay. It? holding okay, it? Okay, okay. Ah, see, you have so uh, you have a VIP treatment. There is <laughs> um, a microfilm here for you. No arms. Uh, so uh, please tell me. Since when are you writing music? Uh, when did it start? Because it's yeah. uh, it's impressive to do everything by yourself.
3: Thank you. It actually uh, started out as kind of a necessity, Uh, the whole me producing for instance is something that came out of uh, just me wanting to learn how to make beats and and not always rely on other people, Uh, especially like there's a lot of waiting around and if you work with producers, you know, there's a lot of egos involved and I really Mm -hmm. was interested in having a part of the whole process. So that's how I kind of learned to produce. I think I started like probably like six years ago just by making some really terrible beats. And then it slowly became more and more. And now I would consider myself a producer. took a long time to get there. And in terms of singing and songwriting, I've always been doing that. So it just, it was a perfect mix. So now I'm that, you know, singer, songwriter, producer, even sometimes videographer, graphic person, social media, whatever. I do everything. (laughs) And it's just because, you know, it's just because I... Wanna? It's a part of wanting to have a little bit of a, a say in everything, but also just because who else is going to do it for you. So, you know, you have to be able yeah, to do so that. So, you are like a
0: one-person army. Very, pretty much,
3: yeah. Pretty much, I yeah. have a strong support system of friends and family and mm-hmm. they always help. Like, today my brother is with me, he's my roadie today. So, he's <laughs> al- you know, there's always somebody helping yeah. me. But uh, creating the music and what you hear almost always is 100% me, so yeah.
0: Okay, and if you could describe your genre of music, what would you tell us? In I could say in one word, but that's tricky and too complicated. But if you would have to sum up what you are trying to do, what kind of experiments, because I think it's a quite experimental music that you are doing. Yeah. And also it, it, it really you had a visualization behind you. For all of you, you would actually have to go on TEDx or uh, whose channel and see you had a visualization behind. Oh, yeah. So there, there is like a 360 degrees experience. Yeah. So uh, if you would like, if you could say in one sentence or two sentences, what's your genre? How how could we call it? Um, I would probably, if I
3: had to put it in a box. Uh, which I'm okay we with. We hate that No, but it's okay. Uh, it's probably like electronic R&B. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people would say alternative or experimental, Indie. like yeah. you're saying. But I don't, I think a lot of like that album that that song is from, it's definitely one of the more experimental songs. It, I do also love pop r and B, and I grew up with like 90s pop and 90s you know girl girl groups and mm-hmm. the you know the destiny child Destiny's Childs oh. and uh, the TLCs yeah. of the world yeah. so I'm very inspired by that and I do find that my melodies and all that uh, the way I sing usually have some sort of r and B element to it that was not two sentences at all
0: not <laughs> was at very all, long <laughs> but we are very used to that our uh, interviewees are very naughty so that's all scheduled um yeah. but if we are talking about uh yeah your private music the one that you are listening to yeah. um could you share with us what is your guilty pleasure music a music that you wouldn't like to admit oh. that you are listening or you are loving to listen in a in a darkness of your room or something like that <laughs>
3: Well, I don't really believe that in guilty postures. Uh oh. I think it was, uh, yeah, my old best friend from childhood, he was always like, no, you shouldn't be guilty about what you want to hear. And I've, I've always struggled with that because I've gone to a lot of like very elite music schools and very snobby environments mm-hmm. where yeah. it wasn't cool to like, you know, Beyonce or whatever. It was yeah. cool to like, like jazz music or so... I just learned not to be guilty about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do like at the moment. I I've rediscovered Justin Bieber. I know that he's still out there, but I listened to his his Purpose album like a million times last week. I'm okay. still so impressed with the production and the songwriting on that. It's like a perfect album. So I'm not I'm not guilty about it. I don't feel guilty about it. But
0: uh, that's actually a very good that, spirit. Yeah. yeah. I, I, until now, I like Macarena. So what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so
1: much uh, yeah. for talking to us and. To our audience, well, you have to see the uh, video also, because that's a beautiful video that we are going on to share on the with on you. the
0: cake, yeah. Thank you so much. Yes, thank, thank you. Thank you very much. We look alike,
2: we're from the same place, so why do I feel this way? i've been running from the truth so long sometimes i want you again. but i want to stick thick thicker than night nice. so why would i rather be I've been facing the unspeakable
0: So this was a fear and a song called Lookalike and we had an amazing pleasure actually to to see it live, performed live and that was amazing especially when she dropped the beat and everything started you know to be very dynamic and at the end yes that is a confirmed not a rumor anymore Marta was indeed singing. Luckily, there is no footage of it. Unfortunately, there is no footage of it. Okay, guys, but this is not the only artist of the week we have. We also consider organizing an event as big and as uh, notorious in a positive way, if notorious could be used in a positive way, as TEDx, an art and an art of organization, an art of dedication, an art of I don't know. I'm running out of words. It's simply an art to organize something like this. That's why in Artist of the Week, we also have included uh, the organizers we have managed to interview. And you can hear from them right now.
4: I am Anna, and I am the lead organizer of TEDxAugus.
5: My name is Theodor Klostergord, and I am the co-head of curation together with Anton, which means that I'll be speaking... uh, yeah, uh, I'll be uh, talk. Uh, I have been selecting and cur, uh, coaching the speakers. Thank you
0: very much for agreeing for this interview, and you are a head of curation here.
5: Yes, together with yes. Anton, we yes. have two heads of each of the groups.
0: So please, uh, for the listeners that don't really understand what head of curation does, uh, yes. me included, mm-hmm. please tell us what is your role in TEDx Orkustad.
5: Right. So the curation group, uh, we have uh, all the candidates who want to speak at TEDxOs, mm-hmm. and we go through all those candidates, and then we find uh, sort of the most interesting, and then we have a lot of candidates because they're really interesting speakers. And then we do interviews, and then we put together a program mm-hmm. with, uh, in this case, 11 speakers, and then we run the workshops that we have for the speakers and we help them with their, with their talks and their scripts.
6: Hello, Jeremy. Hello, Martha. Nice to meet you.
1: Can I just ask you for your full name and what your role was?
6: Yeah, my name is Jeremy Lawrence. Uh, i am being called Jerry, so that's probably how people know me here. Um, and I'm a part of the event team here uh, as an organizer.
0: So this is a very brief introduction of the three organizers that were kind enough to actually give us a bit of a time in this very busy and hectic day and, uh, and agreed to be interviewed. Yes, so
1: definitely we've heard a lot of interesting uh, opinions from them Mm -hmm. and how quite challenging and really fun at the same time it
0: was. Yeah, and as are you mentioning the challenging part, maybe we should just skip to that.
1: A very challenging challenge of the week.
0: And today's challenge of the week will be... Or will will be yeah will be the challenges that the organizers that you just uh, listened from shared with us and they had different challenges. So I think it's actually quite interesting to see what you have to cope with when you are in a different role in a team. And uh, first, we will hear from Anne, who is the lead organizer. So she was actually the entire master of. Not a disaster, but, you know, the chief of everything. And uh, Anna will talk about the challenge with time. What do you consider the biggest challenge with organizing this event this year? Because it's a huge event. It is a volunteering event. Uh, So I would assume you had to pull a lot of strength and stamina and uh, creativity. So what was the biggest challenge this year? Well...
4: The biggest challenge is always time because we're working with volunteers and and everybody on the team either have full time jobs or so they're students. Yeah. Um, they have families and friends, and so actually finding time to do this mm-hmm. is a challenge. Um, but we have extremely dedicated volunteers and. And a lot of them have been with us for several years, so they know what it takes, um, okay. and
0: um, and they have been working really, really hard. Okay. So uh, there are some people who are doing this every year. Yes. Oh my. Yes. Oh, I I actually have a question. What do you think motivates everyone to do this? Because they don't get any money for this. No. It is. This is TEDx is completely
4: voluntary, exactly. and and we are non-profit. So. Um, I think what motivates them is to see that we actually make a difference in the local community. Um, we love TED Talks, obviously, um, but for us it's, it's about more than the talks. It's also about actually bringing live talks to the local community here and to get people together because there is a difference to watching a TED Talk at home online and then to watch it here with other people. Um, where you can even meet the speakers after. Um, and I think a couple of days before an event like this, we're all tired. And I know that a lot of volunteers are thinking, you know, I can't do this again. But um, but when we are up on the stage and we're thanking everyone towards the end, um, everybody is sort of like, yeah, we'll do another year.
0: So time. Time is a challenge. And I think there was something very interesting we have captured here because... Those are all volunteers that are doing it. Yeah,
1: Anna was uh, quite, I don't know if we have some more of that included, but she
0: was... We may or may not. And I think we actually, we, we do have a clip from Anna. Yeah. Okay. So she'll, she'll say it to you in your face. And if she won't say it to you because I have chosen a different clip, then Marta will continue on this thought. But now let's hear from Theodore and what are his biggest challenges as a curator.
5: That's a good question. Uh, yeah, I, I,
2: think, I
1: think it
5: is, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I think actually that's one of the ways that you can start out with these speakers as well, mm-hmm. find out what, is it, uh, what questions is it yeah. that they actually want to give some answers to. Yeah. Uh, so the biggest challenge is that all of our speakers have a lot they want to say. Mm-hmm. So how do we get it to one idea that they can share and then keep the focus on that one idea?
0: Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, that sounds like a challenge to me because I think one of the speakers, he wrote a couple of books and he was all the time saying, This is in a book, yes. I don't have time for that. Yes. So yeah. I, I could imagine how, how long are the speeches normally? How what? How long are the speeches?
5: Well, it's, I mean, there's an upper limit of 18 minutes. Okay. But what we found is that if we, if we go uh, shorter, period of time mm-hmm. then it's more concise and it's more to the point yeah. and then we get uh, more powerful speeches so yeah. we can really sort of go into the details about yeah. how they want to convey exactly. their idea. There's a
0: little margin of uh, safety yes. in case of yes. something. Yes, also yeah. that. Yeah. Okay.
5: But then again some uh, ideas are so complex that you need more time to bring the audience up to speed on uh, what you're talking yes. about. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, uh, one of the biggest challenges for Theodore was to make uh, make the speakers uh, fit their entire story, ideas, knowledge, experience and heart into 12 to 18 minutes. But I think this is something we could definitely um, identify with her. Huh? I think you definitely can identify with that.
1: I don't think that it would be such a big challenge for me. We have been doing some speeches together and uh, I think that we have seen that my part usually sticks to the time
0: limit and yours might swim out of time limits a little bit. Yeah, which means that I should definitely not try a TEDx uh, speaking in the future. Uh, yeah, it, it it's definitely something else than I always thought. Because uh, there are quite restrictions there. I'm sure you would pull it off
1: amazingly. I'm 100% sure about that. You would just get a little bit of frustration of having to stick into those frames.
0: Yeah, probably I would. But Marta, now we will play a clip from your interview with Jeremy, uh, a.k.a. Jerry. And he will talk about his challenge that was not a challenge, but then it was a challenge. Well, you know the story because you've been there. I was already at home. So let's hear from Jeremy. So
1: tell me, Jerry, what has been the biggest challenge in
6: making it all happen? Well... It's actually funny you ask about the challenges because this year we actually switched the event uh, location to Central Exit and we thought that would be a challenge uh, because people are used to something else so this is going to be a different setup. So that was the initial challenge we were approaching with, you know. So, but we, when we got here yesterday to set up, it actually went really smooth. So we were like kind of surprised. Like, okay, is this really true that it's going so smooth and everything is going well? And people are having such a great time. So, it's, the things we had in mind actually wasn't a big issue. So, it's I'm, I'm, like last year I was like running around, uh, stressed out. But this year, like we, we, we went for a more intimate setup. And I think we succeeded in that. Uh, people are having a more relaxed uh, event here and having fun. Um, so, we actually achieved that, which is pretty great. Um,
1: Okay, so I got the biggest surprise from yeah, you. Okay, so yeah, coming back, 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 back
6: again, back. <laughs> what was the biggest challenge? And that's the thing, like, the challenge we saw was the venue. Because uh, we want to fit so many people in here and we're going to have the activity in a different building. Uh, and we were kind of scared to see how people react and the weather, of course, you know. But we overcome it. So I wouldn't say that there was a big challenge, actually. Uh, another thing that could be was that this team this year was, is, is pretty new. We had a lot of newcomers joining in last year, so that was a challenge, you know, gathering up as a group and like building a big event at the same time as building a team, uh, so that was a challenge, that was a challenge, but as you can see, it turned out to be great, like we had such a great time and uh, yeah, we had fun, so that would be the challenge I guess, starting a team as well as starting a new event.
0: Marta, so was it a challenge to get a challenge from Jerry? (laughs) Yeah, it was a little bit challenging for him to
1: come up. He he looked surprised himself (laughs) that he did find that challenge. It seemed that things really went much better than he expected. Mm -hmm. So he actually foreseen some challenges that didn't happen. So he was like, whoa, it went so great. And then,
0: okay, I did find the challenge. Yay. (laughs) Yeah. So, Yeah, which which actually brings me to some sort of a wisdom, which is not yet the segment, but you know, sometimes maybe the challenge is all in your head, huh? Sometimes. Let's jump into the bullshit of the week and see what we got there.
1: Say what?
0: It's bullshit of the week. So, this, this time for Bullshit of the Week, we have chosen a couple of bits and pieces from the audience, also known as the volunteers. So, first volunteer that will talk about uh, bullshits that she has encountered or thought about uh, on TEDx Aarhus is none other than Kathy Perez. Let's see what Kathy has to say. Yeah
7: um i think it's bullshit when people uh, because the third talk talks about fast uh, fast Fashion, okay, fast fashion, okay. That's something at uh, here. It's uh, allowed. We are not editing out, so yeah. So uh, and 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 sometimes people think that it's not relatable to them. That it's so far out. Like oh, it doesn't matter. Like I'm doing my everyday life, buying stuff from you know this uh, institution like H and M and buying a lot of stuff and throwing a lot. And I've seen and experienced that here in Denmark, where people are very um, they buy in bulk and then they throw away in bulk and I think it's bullshit to, to think that you're not part of that and uh, watching this woman talk about um, what they're doing to actually create more awareness into this um, is also like something that I was like yes that's right um, it's bullshit when people think it doesn't affect them because we only have one planet and uh, we have to be in here it's our home and we have to do something so when people just say, oh, it's a, like, for example, um, global warming or fast fashion, now oh, it doesn't affect, no, it's bullshit that they don't
0: believe. Uh, in Cathy was referring to a speech by Maria where she was uh, talking about virtual reality uh, and storytelling. And she actually was showing us some slides from one of the bits they created about the sweatshops, right? Yes. Yes, so uh, I think that that inspired Katy to think about, you know, uh, this type of a bullshit. And uh, it's a bullshit, I guess, to think that things don't concern us at all, because we are living in our little home apartment or whatever reality. Um, and Cati thinks it's a bullshit. Yeah, she brought a really good point. Being there on the spot, yeah. being just asked what's the biggest bullshit, she pulled it off. Yes, so now we will hear from Joey. Joey have a very special place in our heart because from all the volunteers, he actually half volunteers.
8: Yes, so when I think of bullshit, this is gonna come across harsh, but I, sometimes there's a perception that the whole TED brand is bullshit. It's a very made up, polished up, shiny experience that's almost inhuman when you watch it online or on TV or something like that. Being in an event live today shows you that it is bullshit and it isn't bullshit. It's authentic people. It's authentic experiences. You can see the non-edited experience live on stage. Everyone's nervous at first. That's my eye from being involved in the past. You can see the, the body language. The first minute or so of a talk is always a little more tense. And it's authentic, it's real. It means this is a real person talking to us about real experiences, nothing that's manufactured. Uh, But then after about a minute, the training that they're given takes over and they they seem a lot more comfortable in stage and with the audience as as a whole.
0: So just to give you a bit of a background, Joey was actually uh, in the organizer team um, back, I think, last year. And he he was uh, involved in TEDxAwhus some years prior to to this event. That was the first event when he was not... In, uh, in organizing it, right, Marta? Yeah, I... he was a coach for
1: the speakers mm-hmm. uh, previously. So this time it was really great to talk to him and to
0: have an insight from someone that was on the other side. Exactly. So, yeah, and I can also confirm that what we see on YouTube, it's a quite a different experience than what we see when we are live uh, and, and watching speakers on the stage. Um, you, let's just say that uh, TEDx um, is doing some editing. Yes. Yeah, well, it's, it's
1: quite interesting when you go to the live show and you see that uh, those people, they actually can get stuck sometimes and they forget they don't know how to continue. And then suddenly there is a hand coming out from behind the curtain with a text. Yeah. I definitely would not have imagined that this is happening just looking at the videos. Mm -hmm. Where it just looks like these are like world class speakers, each and every single one of them having absolutely no hiccups whatsoever. So that's the magic of the live event where you can sense an absolutely different level of energy.
0: That is absolutely true. And actually, people cheering uh, and and trying to encourage the speakers to keep on going, because, you know, sometimes you can just like completely lose it. You know, you tripped once and you don't know what to say and then you can freeze. And that's very human. And then people, you know, just like, you know, applauding you to keep on going that that you will not see on YouTube. No, the audience is wow. Yeah, and uh, you will not see it on YouTube literally because uh, there is no footage allowed. You know, people are not... uh, I think the only people who can film TEDx uh, events are TEDx people and, uh, of course, us because we were invited. No no bragging. Well, we couldn't... actually record the speeches. True, true, That we couldn't. No, that is only TEDx. Um, but now we will have two back-to-back back uh, back-to-back clips uh, where we will hear from John, Arne and Annette and they will talk about uh, bullshits uh, that they have, they were inspired to think about after hearing certain speeches from the speakers.
4: If we think Denmark is known for having a, a large welfare state, yeah. challenging that and saying, are we actually doing the best yeah. and I mean the, the speaker had been let 's say within inside the system himself to experience it from the inside and maybe see how we can improve that system yeah. so that was very encouraging
0: I actually have to say that uh, personally speaking uh, that, that uh, speech about uh, the entire system was very eye opening it yes. was it was something like wow, the most expensive uh, social system in Europe at least, mm. and such a relatively, I would say, for results. It's, it's really something that made me think as well.
4: that mm, it's something yeah. that's just accepted, that Denmark has that system. Yeah. But let's take a step back and see, OK, maybe we can use those resources in a, in a more efficient way yeah. and actually give the people that require it the best support that we can.
6: Well, The social entrepreneur definitely points out the system, how the systems uh, keep people down instead of uh, letting people uh, develop and come back into society by putting them into some frames and uh, put them into a jail, so to speak, instead of letting them free. So I'm looking very much to hear about the results of this experiment that can bring some data that might change legislation in Denmark.
1: Okay, thank you. Anette, any bullshits from your side?
6: Well, I don't know if it's bullshit, but there was uh, also one of uh, one of the, the 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 persons on the scene. She she uh, 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 yeah, talked a lot about that we should learn from the past, and but but, but do we actually do that, or do we do, do we do it enough, or and and do we actually you know change our behavior based on uh, on what we have uh, seen? Uh, so I think that was kind of bullshit. But she also said it. But but I think it's all actually good to remember it because it's so uh, we quite often say that oh we have to learn from the past. But actually, we don't do it.
0: Yeah, I think that actually Stefan with his speech about uh, welfare system in Denmark, and how ineffective it is comparing to the money spent on it, uh, made quite an impact on people.
1: Yes he was definitely one of those speakers with quite, uh, that we have noticed then when
0: we were interviewing the audience mentioned quite a mm-hmm. lot. Yes I think it was him and also Bryce and I think it's because Bryce have surprised. Bryce has surprised has surprised people with with the dancing but uh, yeah Arna even compared it to jail that was <laughs> cool Arna and then Annette also referred to the to the speech by Vanna where where she was talking about how can we learn from a past and that is coming from archaeologists so I think it's quite a relevant tip so um, guys if you are still wondering what those speeches were because you haven't seen them uh, I would uh, strongly strongly Recommend you to uh, find or be persistent in waiting for the speeches that will be on YouTube released by TEDx crew. And you can also go back for more information to the first episode about TEDx and backstage stories that we have released a week ago because there you can also hear from the speakers themselves. And the last clip regarding the bullshit is Jerry. And let's hope that Jerry will this time find a bullshit that is a bullshit.
6: The whole thing about, you know, environment and sustainability uh, leading back to like sweatshops uh, with the VR experience as well as um, the, the the waste food program and all that. You know, I think a lot of things comes back to environment and how we treat our country and the world and the globe. Um, And I'm like, maybe I just think to myself sometimes like, yeah, I'm really economical friendly. Like, I I take care of the environment. I'm really friendly in terms of all that. But maybe I'm bullshitting myself because in terms of buying clothes and stuff, I can like, yeah, I need that. I need that as well. Like, so maybe I'm bullshitting myself to think that I need more than I actually need. Um, so that's maybe something that I, I'm going to be thinking a bit more. And I stood down at the, uh, the man stand with um, the VR experience the whole day during the activity. So I got to talk with a lot of interesting people. And they all had the same feeling that this really sparked some thoughts in terms of, okay, maybe we're bullshitting ourselves. Maybe you should think a bit more about like buying clothes from yeah, manufactured in sweatshops and whatever. So I think that's what I'm going to take with me from here.
0: So, Jerry has asked a very Shakespearean question. Are we bullshitting ourselves? And I think this is actually a perfect summary of of this segment. Don't you think, Marta? Yes, Kathy started with this. Jeremy ended in a beautiful way. So, yeah, that was all about the bullshit. Let's jump to the wisdom. A super wise wisdom of the week. So first we have Cynthia, who was yet another volunteer that we have found on the on the event, and she will talk about the importance of sharing stuff about the mental health.
4: Uh, There were some very interesting things about uh, mental health And uh, I know it's a hot topic right now, but showing vulnerability, showing that, you know, we are all battling certain, you know, certain things and be more open about it so we can be like stronger together.
0: So Marta, I think she's referring to uh, Cecilia's speech, right? I'm actually not sure if she's referring to Sina's or Cecilia's speech. Sina. Okay. Yeah, it could be you are right. Because both of the ladies were talking about uh, mental health, but from a different perspective, Sina was talking about emotionally or psychologically abusive relationships uh, from a standpoint of of her as a therapist and psychotherapist. And Cecilia was sharing um, her own personal story about her uh, battle with with mental health issues. So yeah there were actually two speeches touching upon that but I think it's it's quite a fair point to assume that she
1: was talking about uh, about Cecilia because you are not there that means that it's the last segment yes, <laughs> that yes, we that are means... talking about and she was talking about the importance uh, and vulnerability in sharing that and that was definitely Cecilia who was really vulnerably vulnerably sharing her
0: story yep and I haven't seen that. I have to wait for the YouTube, like most of you guys. So uh, let's see what Christina had uh, to share regarding the wisdoms. Well, I think you can find wisdom in each each keynote that was uh, heard today, and I think you can find inspiration from each of,
3: of them in, the, in a different way. But I think the most important that they wanted to say is, is you have to
0: you have to question things and. Um, stop sometimes and, and look at yourself and, and feel yourself. And before you do, if, if you're stuck or... A interesting point about looking into yourself when you are stuck. I'm thinking if that was also inspired by Bryce or just in general. No, was Bryce already... Uh, I think, yes, we interviewed Christine after Bryce was having his speech because he was talking about finding your own groove and finding yourself... Right, yes, <laughs> so um, I'm wondering uh, if Christina is uh, referring to this one, but all in all, she said that in all the keynote speeches you can find some wisdom, and that is definitely true. Let's see what Cathy had to share.
7: These three speeches, of course, we started with a uh, reimagine. Um, he's talking about um, this uh, snake bite uh, cure for, for those that are victims of snake bites, um, that is fantastic. The second one was Relate, which I was able to relay in a way that I have seen how abusive relationships have actually um, destroyed people. Um, People that I know who were into abusive relationships, and sometimes they just think that they're not into it, they're not a part of it, but you've seen how it destroyed them. And for me, that was brave and, and raw, and I love it. I love it, and I also love that she... Stood in there and saying all these truths about herself that I would not allow anyone to disrespect me belittle me And I was just like, you know, this inner cheerleader in me was like, yes, you're right And if only I could hug her like um during her talk But yeah, that was something relatable and the third one also that's uh, about fast fashion and VR awesome awesome um, Talk, but the second one was something that uh, like I truly believe in and because I've seen how it ruin people. And that was relatable to me.
0: I think Cathy was referring, of course, to all the three speeches from uh, from the first segment. But uh, the one that impressed her the most was a speech by Sina about uh, emotionally abusive relationships. And that was the powerful one, definitely.
1: Yeah. So th- so that's why before when when the question was like about mental health, because mm-hmm. that one actually also really related to mental health. That
0: is correct. And now we will play uh, the last wisdom clip for today from Anne, the head organizer. And we will see Marta if this is what you meant at the beginning of the show.
1: What was the biggest wisdom that you have learned in that process? Because, of course, the speakers will bring a lot of wisdom uh, with them through their speeches. But what was the biggest wisdom for you as you were organizing that event? Um...
4: I think for me it was the, the amazing things you can achieve when you work with volunteers. Um, Volunteers don't get paid and that's not because they aren't worth anything. It's actually because they're priceless and I think that's the wisdom that I learned, that that you can't put a price on
1: volunteers because it's it's their dedication that drives all this. And that's amazing because many people say, you know, when you don't pay for something, it's not as worthy, people will not be as dedicated, they will not be as committed. Is that something that you could say, it's a bullshit? That is absolutely bullshit.
4: <laughs> yeah, that is bullshit. Um, like all the volunteers we have are super dedicated, and 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 honestly, they have not slept in the past two weeks. They've been working so hard, um, and and you can't do something like this when, where you have to work for a whole year if you're not dedicated. And and they absolutely are.
0: So, Marta, is this what you were referring to? Did I fulfill your expectations? Yes, that was
1: really what I was uh, referring to, and that. Part I really think is amazing and really worthwhile noticing and that's that's a
0: true wisdom that uh, that volunteers are priceless. I completely agree and with this very wise accent, we will finish the segment to jump into the left field o- G. G. From the left field. Okay, Marta, so uh, this is a clip called A Very Curious Case of Adam. And I believe you know something about this. Yeah, that was completely unplanned. That was from the left
1: field uh, for me as well. It was actually Jerry who suddenly brought Adam and he said, you have to talk to this guy. You really, really have to talk to this guy. So I just jumped on and talked to the guy. And let's hear what he had to say. We have a surprise for you guys. Something extra. You can say something from the left field. We actually found out that we have quite a special person here with us. Someone that keeps on coming back all the way from Greece to see TEDx Aarhus every year. Hello, Adam.
9: Hi, nice to meet you.
1: Nice to meet you too. So I just have to ask, what makes you come back here to Aarhus every year?
9: Okay, so... It basically all began um, ever since I was like 16 years old. I was a huge TED Talk fan. I was watching a lot of online videos at the time. And then uh, I moved to Denmark from Greece uh, at the age of 18 for uh, study related purposes. And that was actually uh, August 2016 when uh, TEDx orhus initially started. And I just knew I had to get there, so I, I just pressed the button, buy the ticket, and I came here for the first time in uh, 2016. And after that, I just kept coming back. Uh, the part where it actually gets interesting, it was uh, when I had a lot of uh, friends of mine from uh, Horsens, which is uh, where I'm studying, uh, convinced about TEDx Aarhus. So we were coming back here together until the point where I was heading back to Greece for the fifth semester which was my internship and I got hired by a company in Athens so I got teased a lot by my friends that I would not be here at the time where the TEDx Aarhus would be uh, back in October in 2019 so I just had to prove them wrong so I just hopped on the plane came here for the weekend and I was present then and now I'm actually studying in Prague and I couldn't let the tradition go so I just had to come back here again. So flew here for the weekend just for this event.
1: So in your face, student friends of Adam, he's really dedicated. Will we see you here next year?
9: Definitely. I'm going to be here every year, as long as this is the thing, no matter where I am.
1: Okay, great. So since you have agreed to talk to us, I do need to ask you that question. What was the biggest surprise? You have been here every time. So what was the biggest surprise this time in this TEDx?
9: Surprise. Uh, I I would say the engagement when it comes to virtual reality, which comes to be a huge part in in our world, as well as the new venue, which actually happens to be a a lot of fun as well. I was uh, convinced, personally, I was convinced to our old venue in in Tivoli, but uh, I I would not have any problems with uh, the event being hosted next year here, because I do love it and it's great.
0: Marta, Marta, Marta.
1: That was a very loving in your face, I wanted to say. <laughs> uh, you can clearly see that I have been there. It's been a long day. Yes. And I think I
0: have already picked up a glass of wine at that point. Could of be, time. could be. In your face, Adam's friends. <laughs> But I enjoyed it a lot. It's uh, actually quite amazing. The guy keeps on coming back to the Dex Aarhus and he will be keep on coming back until this thing is still a thing. So I think that we will now jump to the second part. Of the bloopers.
1: Hello again. Yet another stalked human being that yes. has totally voluntarily agreed to be interviewed by us here today. He just today came from- to
0: us. He just came to us. Totally,
1: totally. Just ran after us and asked if he could be interviewed by us. Hello. Tell us your name, please.
8: Hi, I'm Joey. Joey. Hi, Joey. How are you doing? <laughs> you get that, that, that a lot, though.
1: <laughs> we are very creative
7: at the radio, you know. So. Yeah. Cathy. And, and last thing, I've yeah. never said bullshit so many times in one minute in my whole life. So, <laughs> really, like,
0: wow. We are glad to inspire. <laughs>
7: thank you, guys. Thank That's you. That's what we do. We inspire Welcome people. Welcome,
0: Thank you. I'm happy that she said no to me in the past. That's something you don't hear usually from a man. But, uh, okay, so tell me. Uh... Hello,
1: everyone. We are now hunting the audience, trying to find someone that would like to talk to us. And one of the first persons we've met. Is Cathy, who has already been with us in You've Got 5 Options, not only once, but twice. Yes. yes.
0: Hello Cathy! Hi, it's so nice to see you girls here. It's nice to see you again. Yeah, nice and, to see you And, again and again. Cathy has a, a little... belly. Uh, yes, yeah, so she actually smuggled an extra person yes. for TEDx or Illegal, totally oh, illegal. illegal.
4: I trust her, she'll be great.
0: Okay, so Cynthia, we will find you afterwards and follow up with you if you actually liked the speech, and if it fulfilled the expectations, no pressure, Sarah. No pressure. TEDx, or this should be a hashtag. No pressure. That <laughs> Orbus. Yeah, Marta. So there were be. There was a little bit more of a, a bloopers this time. Uh, I think my favorite uh, ones were the ones with uh, Joey, especially the "How you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm like. Ah. I would like to say that this was uh, the, a very early morning. So Marta has no excuses with I have drank a bit of a wine because I know she didn't. But uh, yeah, uh, if you want to see those bloopers, then you definitely need to uh, check our website and, uh, and check the video because this is an entire TV program. If you are listening to us, I hope that at least uh, partially your ears were satisfied and we will end up with uh, reflections because we have actually recorded reflections at the end of uh, of our uh, duty uh, on on TEDx Orhus. and uh, yeah i think the, they will speak louder than what we will say 3 months after so Let's so it. hi guys i am here alone and that is because i have to go home as you probably remember from all of our episodes i have a little baby home so i was able to catch some of the tedx aarhus today but not the whole so marta good luck you will be doing the last interviews on your own and we agreed that we will be sharing uh, our experiences from today's day and Guys, I have to tell you, interviewing people, it's not an easy thing at all. We had to run and find the speakers and find the people from the audience that are willing to talk to us because not everyone is able just to make an interview on the go. And uh, we were running around and uh, I think we pulled it off. But I have to say there is a lot of adrenaline, a lot of stress. There will be a lot of hiccups in this program. Uh, because we are not in the studio so of course the environment is different but i'm super grateful and i'm super excited and even if i have to go home i am still very very happy that i was here for most part of the day and marta asked me to uh, share some bullshit from myself about the tedx orhus so I cannot share any bullshit about the event because the event is truly fantastic but I will tell you that there is one bullshit that I have today encounter and let's say it turned into wisdom. A week ago I thought I won't be able to do it. Uh, I have a three month old baby and she's home now with her dad and with my mother but it's a whole day event and I was thinking. It's not possible to pull it off. I cannot just disappear for the entire day. And uh, my little daughter right now is actually teething. So her teeth are coming out and she's crying. And I was like, I think I will just resign from this and I will not do it. But with a fantastic support of my family and uh, fantastic support from Marta, who is my co-host, I have managed to come here and do the job at least most of the time. So that is the biggest bullshit I would like to present to you, that actually you can do it sometimes something can seem to be impossible and so scary but you can do it if you will find the right people to support you and if you will find just a bit of determination and stamina in yourself so i'm grateful for this experience i'm happy that i did it and um and that's all guys i really hope you are enjoying this and marta good luck because now you're on your own um and yeah that was anna
1: from you've got five options Okay, guys, I have been here from 9 in the morning and now it's 7.30 p.m. I have experienced 11 amazing speeches. I have talked to so many people today. It has been an amazing journey. I have learned so much and I definitely myself have quite a lot of wisdom to bring with me home. Quite some surprises, a lot of bullshits that point right back at me. So... Thank you so much for listening to us and stay tuned.
0: So Marta, I have to ask you, what was your biggest bullshit that you have discovered? Because I was actually uh, sharing and sharing and caring like Joey. Yeah, you can
1: see the difference uh, from you talking when there is still some light on the background. You were living when uh, uh, when we still had uh, like the sunlight. Yeah, And I was uh, living quite some more hours after that. And mm-hmm. you could see that I was not as sherry yeah. <laughs> as you were. Yeah, I was pretty exhausted at that point of time already. And the bullshits that I've mentioned there pointing back at me were actually very aligned with what Kathy and Jerry have talked about, meaning the, uh, the like, you know, like, how sustainable are we?
0: hmm And that was a very good bullshit to ponder about. That is correct. So I guess that this is how we will close this show. Marta, thank you for being there with me on the 2019.
1: Yeah, I'm really grateful, Anna, for that. And for you guys, there was so much drama happening before we even got there. And uh, how many uh, cameramen we have <laughs> <laughs> almost got and then lost and then got again and then lost and then got again. And uh, finally, it ended up with Lasse, who did a fantastic job. Thank you, Lasa. Really. You and saved us. You saved us. You supported us. And we are really
0: grateful. OK, guys, stay tuned and goodbye. Bye.
1: You are listening to You've Got 5 Options radio show, where we hopefully convinced you that 5 indeed is a magic number.
0: To catch up with our previous programs, apply to be our guest, send us your life challenge, or just to see how do we really look like, visit our website, the5options.com.
1: We hope you enjoyed this episode and that you will come for more. That's all, folks.